Sweet, man. How are you? Happy uh, Doing good. Monday. Good, good. Yeah, I'm, uh, I can tell I'm already a little bit flat from last week's testing week. Yeah, okay. Why so? Big overreaching week with training. Yeah. Lots of PBs, which is good. Um, however, it's left me a little bit rattled today. So I think this week's just going to be recovery emphasis. Still getting some movement in. Um, I'm also getting my vaccine again today. So we'll see how that plays in with the feeling of tiredness and soreness and a bit beat up after a big week last week. Um, But we'll see. This is just like a bit touch and go for the next couple of days, I think. And then I'll get back into a bit of a rhythm. You mean like CNS is rattled? Hey, Matt? You mean like CNS, like nervous system just feels beat up? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty tight, pretty sore, generally flat. Yesterday, Sunday, there's just like a sleeping day yeah okay. so i had like a two and a half hour nap at like two o'clock just been just been shattered yeah how about you yeah, well. training going good in quarantine yeah sure uh, <laughs> have you been um, doing stuff yeah i've been doing yoga every day to be honest um yes. literally wake up get out of bed do yoga um as i think we were saying last week uh which is pretty good so i managed to to tick a lot of that off and kind of trying to I've done it in three different rooms initially. This is day five. Um, so yeah, I've done it in three different rooms already and found the porch at the front is probably just the best space. Obviously no daylight savings here. So to start the day, the sun's up earlier because we don't have that back end light at the end of the day. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's much not like I like, I'm a morning person, as we said the other, the other week. And um, yeah, I definitely like, it was like 4.50 when I woke up, got out of bed at 5.20. By 5.30, I was out on the front porch, Matt out doing yoga in inverted commas. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, it like, it's good because I haven't done it for like a, a while and having got back into it, it's like, oh, this is pretty familiar. Like they're, they're not foreign. I think they call them poses. Um, they're not foreign poses or positions to get yourself in. So it's sure. like that initial part of when I was first doing it at the start of this year was a lot of like um, they're, they're, they're saying a name of a pose and I'm like looking at the screen like in this like twister mess trying to figure out exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, whereas now it's like, you know, get into this pose or like move this foot there and, and I kind of relatively aware of what they're, they're asking. So it's a lot more streamlined, which has actually been pretty beneficial and i for one like i don't know if you've done much yoga but i feel like a lot of athletes um if you want to put us in that category really like yin and yin is like again if i butcher this i apologize to the yogis out there um, but yin is like back end of the day usually really um you're just holding a pose and breathing through it passively for minutes at a time up to five six seven minutes sometimes so like perfect wind down for a hectic day for people nice. probably like you and me where you just can sit and hold i didn't really enjoy like your your morning vinyasa like flow style yoga where it's that's i'd definitely say more of a workout because mm, like true. in this pose and now get back into this but it's just like hang on i don't even i'm not in this one and my body's like doing all this weird shit um, yeah especially so, early on when you're learning the skill oh man it's hectic yeah. um so yeah so straight off the bat i was just like oh let me just jump into it. like i didn't really know what i was just like morning yoga with my favorite yoga uh teacher on youtube yoga with cassandra shout out to her because she's definitely listening with her two million followers that she's got um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah so it's been really good to kind of just jump in and like 
Oh yeah. Like again, like you just say, probably that confidence factor of knowing the poses, you can kind of just jump straight into the next one. And it's like, Oh, I know what this is. I can move into that. I can move into that. And uh, yeah, so that's been my big tick. And then journaling every morning I've got actually, this is, I was talking to you about these books when I was in Adelaide, mm-hmm. funnily enough, I'm at this desk and um, it's got these, um, it's got this like a full write up list of like the day, the hours in the day, Sick. Um, I've actually got one as well. Go on yeah. I've got two now for Christmas. One similar to that and one just yes. blank, blank pages. Yeah, perfect. I like both. I think the blank page is one I'm going to use for like doodling stuff. Yeah, mm. man. Yeah. Sweet. And then the other one, what's the name of the one that you've got there with the, it's kind of a bit more structured? Uh, best Self. Mm. Or Best Self. I'll have to find mine. It's somewhere. I've actually bought some um, gifts for some people and I can't, I don't want to mention it because I haven't got them yet um but that are those sort of journals and i think they're just a little bit more structured these, these have like what are you grateful for in the morning what's going to make today a win um what's your goal so it actually allowed like has a space for you to write your goal out every day nice same goal you just keep writing it so it's always at the forefront of your mind um yeah so no that's been it's been pretty powerful to kind of start the day with that was reading as well uh probably haven't done that the last couple of days purely because it's not as stimulating for myself. I don't, I'm not getting anything out of that at the moment, sure. um, which is a bit frustrating, I guess. But I'm finding the date so far here. It's racing by, dude. It's mm. absolutely flying by. We've had guests every day upwards of, I think we've had the, the least number of guests we've had in a day is three. Yeah. So, wow. um, or like heaps of families and friends pop around, which is really nice. And we're just sitting, you know, a safe 1.5 plus meters away. Always. Um, and just chit-chatting and that sort of stuff and then plotting around the house. So it's, it's come along really well. It's, it's obviously raced along for four days, but it's been, been good. So the time difference, you're waking up very early. So what did you say? Four o'clock? Four. Today was the earliest I've woken up in a while. Yeah, I have been waking up at about 5.30, yeah, which cool. is what? Eight. Eight o'clock. So that's, that's, an, that's a glorious sleep in if I was yeah. in Adelaide. Yeah, the equivalent. Uh, so not too bad, but I'm going to bed at nine, which is 1130. So sure. Yeah. Cool. Kind of balances itself out. Yeah. So what are you, what are you reading right now that you're not getting much out of? That, oh, I'll, this one, the millionaire fast lane. Yeah. Um, not that I'm not getting much out of, but he goes, it's, it's a very interesting concept. And I actually really like the idea behind the book. Um, and it's, he's got a slow lane, a sidewalk and a fast lane. So He's talking through the ideas of like, if you're on the sidewalk, this is how, this is your lifestyle. If you're in the slow lane, this is your lifestyle. And it's kind of like, there's definitely parts of me that are potentially both, or I've definitely been parts of both um, lifestyles, I guess, um, in in my life, like growing up. So I'm kind of like, yeah, cool. I'm aware of what that is. Tell me what the part I'm not. But I feel like if I skip through the those bits, I'm not going to have as much value in the back end. You know those books when it's like all the gold is at the end and it's like, oh, I kind of want to skip through this, but there's probably some really good nuggets in here. So it's, it's just taking time, man. Yep. So, you know, it's 15, 20 pages a day. Um, and it's not a page turner. It's not a fiction book. It's a financial help book, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you um, find that you're reading the most? Mornings, evenings? I'm definitely, I'm just a morning person, man. As soon as it hits yeah. four o'clock, the, well, over here, 4.40, Big Bash starts. Put me on the couch, get me a nice bottle of bubbled water and see you later. There goes the next three and a half hours to watch a cricket. Yeah, true. 
I'm sure Zoe's thrilled with that, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Been watching much of the test? Yeah, man. Oh, actually, no. I watched a bit of it yesterday. I uh, didn't watch much. Uh, when did it start? Well, I was supposed to actually be there Thursday. So that was that's um, definitely gutting. And shout out to Brody and Tim, two gents that I was supposed to be there with. Me and my old man were going to go. But obviously had to get, or not had to, but chose to get home for Christmas, which is um, you know, definitely the preference, just in yeah. case Lord McGowan let, let, uh, not let us in. But um, yeah, that looked unreal, the day. And then didn't watch much Friday, Saturday, but yesterday managed to sneak in a couple of hours just while we're sorting through some drawers in the uh, lounge room. So handy. What about yourself? Yeah, bits and pieces. Nothing, no real long sessions, unfortunately. <laughs> My favorite thing is just like having those back doors open, test on, cooking a barbie. Yeah, love it. Man, best times. But yeah, yeah not, not so much at the moment. It's just been so sporadic. Yeah, that's cool. Forgive, forgive Luke at the moment. He uh, forgot to put his phone on. Do not disturb. Looking for the phone. Hopefully that doesn't come back through. That's all um, good. Yeah, no long sessions, unfortunately, of cricket. No, that's all good. It's been, I wanted to kind of go back. You mentioned about your goals. Uh, your, your training last week and it beat you up massively. And obviously, yeah. like maybe emotionally, mentally, a little bit flat towards the back end. But let's relive relive the journey. What did, what did we squat? What did we bench? How'd you go? So ended up deadlift day one, Monday, mm. 190, which is a 10 kilo increase from the last testing block I did, which was probably two years ago. Yeah. So I think, and I haven't really done lots of pure strength stuff in a while. So mm-hmm. to be honest, it wasn't really comparable to two years ago. Um, however, it is an increase from then. Yeah. So I'll take 190. Yeah, just sure. Nice. Um, I actually haven't back squatted yet because I had to skip my days around. And that was, and probably still will be today. So I'll keep you posted on that one. Yeah, see. And then the bench press was 105, which was less than what I wanted. And that was on Friday. And I think after five days of some pretty strenuous testing stuff, I was pretty smashed by that point. Anyway, the goal was one. So falling short by five kilos is pretty devastating, but I could retest again this week. And I think I may just to see where I'm at after, um, yeah, after emptying the tank like five days in a row. Yeah. Like a couple of a couple of tour days. Um, I think in didn't, future I'll yeah. spread it out over two weeks. Didn't feel like a true one RM. Not really. No, no. Because I I hit 107 in the in the uh for a double in yeah, weeks. Okay. Yeah, so I hit one oh five for a single was like that's just not true. That's just not yeah. accurate. So yeah. that just goes to show the preparation wasn't adequate, I think, for that. Um, or it was just too much training load at high, high overreaching intensities for that week. Mm. Um, but that's a good takeaway. I'll spread it out over two weeks. I'll I'll back squat probably this afternoon and then bench press at the end of this week. Do you think it would be, it's a case of you needing to spread it out over two weeks or more so that you did so many intense workouts in one week? Like I, I think that you can, if you were to just purely test squat, test strength, you'd be able to get it done. Yeah. in two days even in the day if you wanted to really spread it out but yeah for sure probably because the the neural plus you're up at like four yeah that makes like, it tough. you know there's there's a there's a not a consistent sleep routine in there as well yeah yeah i definitely felt that and the days i was up really early so which are every second day monday wednesday friday up at four to start work for quarter to five work basically all the way through to like 10 30 11 which doesn't mm. sound like a a really really long day but that you know 
Oh, there was a couple of nights there where I had three hours, which was pretty yeah. rough. Like on Friday, yeah. I woke up at one after getting to bed for 10 and just couldn't get back to sleep until I had to get up at four, mm-hmm. which is pretty rough. So I think that's where that poor performance came from. Yeah. It's fair to say. Yeah. Um, but that consistency of sleep is is hard because on the days that I'm off, by the time I'm, you know, Tuesday and Thursday roll around from that early wake up on Monday, I'm, I'm rattled. So I'm taking those extra few hours of sleep and I'm training at seven instead of, you know, instead of being up for work at four. So there's like an extra three hours, like kind of sporadic. I would love to, yeah. and maybe that's my goal for the new year is just to try and maintain some consistency in my wake up and sleep times, even on the days I'm not working, um, which is definitely possible. And I think that would help a lot. Just go to bed earlier, wake up at the same time every day. I think. I think yeah it's a tough thing for people in the industry just that consistency like you know you got to live you're supposed to walk the walk very hard to walk the walk when you're up at four o'clock and you try and tell people hey go to go to bed at the same time every day try and wake up at the same time every day have a routine yeah. your body can fall into a it, it, it yeah it starts to learn your patterns yeah yeah so i think that's an important note is my testing results probably weren't where they could be yeah given the constraints from work, like the times I have to get up and the lack of sleep. Like I was probably average five or six hours this week, which is less than I would like. Yeah. I think I'm like a seven or eight kind of guy. Um, but ideally next time, next time round, I, uh, I can just take a week off work and do my testing then. That would be awesome. Maybe it's <laughs> dream, between Christmas and New Year's. That would be the dream. Yeah, that'd be sick. I reckon. How's... um you definitely sound super like just low on energy. Talk me through what's going on. Um, I actually feel pretty good now. I've taken yeah. all my vitamins and I'm, I'm really upping my vitamin D and my zinc um, yeah. and just my multi. And generally if I'm taking those things, I'm pretty bulletproof. But again, it was just like a, a hectic week of overreaching training, like conditioning testing pretty much every day yeah. mixed in with the three main lifts of which I only hit two. Um. Yeah, it was just a, a conglomeration of that, like mm. overreaching every single day. It was pretty tough. It was pretty yeah. tough by Friday backing it up, for sure. Yeah, that'd be brutal. I find that, um, I find that helps me to build momentum, though. Just kind of coming off the back end of our conversation last week. Yeah. Of, uh, I did some, I did some soul searching, I think, and I, I think I figured out what knocks me off that path of momentum, and I, and it's, um, similar to what you said. It's this. I think it's just that socializing and taking it a little far when you're uh, <laughs> when you're having social beers or whatever and uh yeah and i think that's it or even just late nights I, I had a mate back from melbourne and uh and we just had a late night on saturday night it's just mm-hmm. midnight but uh yeah that rattled me on sunday yeah and okay. i think that's just kind of flowed on plus the overreaching of training plus the three hours of sleep on friday night or um on thursday night i should say for friday yeah and i think it was just like a few things back to back but otherwise I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like I'm on the way back up, which is nice. Yeah, man. I, I um I feel like that social engagement is actually more draining. Not even the this isn't this is not leaning into the partying aspect of it, but just like so social engagements are draining. Just in general, like it's okay to say no to catch ups as much as we want to, uh, as much as we want to say yes. Uh, especially back to back in this time of year. It's just it's overload. Hey, like everyone's like traveling to see family, and then it's like cool, we're in town. It's Let's do X, Y, and Z and all that sort of stuff. And absolutely, like I know for a fact, we've got a limited time here, especially the both of us. Um, and we're going to try and do as much as we can, but then it's allowing yourself the the downtime to go, okay, cool. Like um, loved every minute of it, but 
yeah, need some me time. I think that's super important as well. Definitely tough. Yeah, the expectation is to see everyone and and be the best version of yourself every time you're yeah, meeting with time. people. And uh, man, that's tough. I'm I'm naturally pretty um, intrinsic and um, what's the word? Uh, introverted. Yeah. In my day to day life, but then having a job where you have to be this like hyper extroverted, motivating. Big time, yeah. Individual, and then compound that with this time of the year. It's like you're you're seeing people that you haven't seen for a long time, so you want to put your best foot forward, and mm. and I think that's yeah, it's a mix of all of those things for sure. And I can feel that, and I'm and I feel like I'm probably not getting as much time to myself as I normally would, which also yeah. adds into that, that fatigue. I think. Do you feel the same way? Do you feel like you're mostly introverted, or you're pretty social? No, I definitely think I'm an extrovert. Eh? Like I, I, I've heard these definitions of them so many different ways, and each their own as to how they interpret if they're an introvert or an extrovert. But the way I understand it is it's where you get your energy. So if you get your, if you, if you can fill your cup up from being alone or you fill your cup up from being around people um, and I'm definitely a piece of people person. So right. um, I'm sure there's a balance to it. Like it's not like I need always people around me hundred percent of the time. Um, but as uh, definitely probably my family and, and Zoe know it's a case of, all right, cool. Um, should we do something tonight? Should we catch up with people? What are we doing? Where we should go? Uh, and sometimes it's just quite nice to just chill and just do nothing by yourself. Yeah. What do you so, feel the balance is? Do you feel like you go through weeks of being more social or do you... I don't think I've ever like hit this time a stage of year. where I'm not, like, not wanting to be social. Yeah. I don't think I've hit that. I just like you know love being around people especially my people um they're always good people so i just love like hanging around with mates or who wants to do this? especially my the lifestyle that i live or the lifestyle that i'm in with the travel with a lot of my really close mates being here uh in perth so it's a case of i get a big energy dump or a big love dump uh that sounds a bit gross <laughs> big <laughs> Uh, that social engagement and, and friendship factor that comes into play all at once. So I get a rush of it and I definitely go back to Adelaide yep. and collapse. Um, it's like, cool. Just need yeah, to go on sure. my show. Um, which I'm okay with. Like, I, you know, that's pretty standard, pretty normal. So hard to say if it's just like, if definitely in Perth, I think I was like a Monday to Thursday, definitely on that cool just want to stay in don't really want to go out too much because i will get i'm going to be busy on the weekend and i'll fill my weekends like i used to friday night through to sunday night there wouldn't be a time when i was at home by myself like ever whereas now it's the case of i'm about mm. i've got 14 days at home just me and zoe plodding around which is really great so people change for sure but i don't think there's like a, a limiting factor for me in this time of year um yeah, or, or, or like a limiting uh, quantity or volume of, of interactions that's just going to tip me over the edge. I just absolutely fucking love Christmas. Eh? I just love the social side of it. I love yeah. catching up with people, love the, the the giving and all that sort of stuff. So the this I, I was thinking about this actually while lying away. I think it was last night. I was like, this is one of the, for, for, for 90% of people, it's the only time of the year they dress their house up. True. Like your house is the same every day of the year except for if people have got it right, December 1st to January 1st, then you dress your house up. <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the rule. Is it? That's absolutely the rule. Simple one rolls around. Yeah. Oh, like I will not play a carol 
from January 1 through to November 30. But just be sure to know, like, we've got a record player. We've got a Christmas record, and that, that's on all the time. Yeah. I'm happy to just play carols for 30 days, or for 25 days, but the decorations are up for another six, and then they come down January 1. Right. Every year, same. Every mate, are you kidding? I'm, I'm the most <laughs> monotonous, systemized person. Not I know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just coming back to what you were saying before about how you fill your cup. Do you, mm. given your most of your interactions with people Monday to Thursday, let's say, would be from a business standpoint, where it's, um, it's not just candid conversations. It's like there's a, a thing that you have to get across in yeah. from this conversation. Do you feel like by the time Thursday rolls around, you're sick of having those conversations and you're just like, man, I just want to talk some shit with some mates and, uh, and get a different kind of interaction with people? Do you um, think about it like that? I feel like when the cricket's on, my phone's blowing up. I'm um, just talking a lot of shit with a lot of with a few different mates. Yeah. I think, I don't know, like potentially, I wouldn't say it's like, oh my God, I'm exhausted of all these work conversations. I need to have a social chat. I've got, you know, there's a lot of, the whole team at work, I think, is around my age or younger. So a little bit of live vicarious, living vicariously through them if they're out and about on the weekends or whatever, but not really, man. I think it's all pretty much the same, pretty standard. I don't, I don't get, well, I don't, I don't feel drained as much as I used to in some of these conversations that I'm having. Um, some of them take time. I had a meeting on Friday that was epic. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it, learned some lessons myself, and that went for four and a half, five hours, all on Zoom all in this room, me looking at a screen and that was super stimulating. And that was like, that was draining. That was like a, and not in like a flat way, but just like energy draining, energy sapping. So by Friday night, I was like, yeah, I'm going to bed early. A lot of content, a lot of meeting that. And that was half the meeting. So we got another half to get through, but that was um, right. just a lot of positive stimuli going in. Or those different areas of just like making notes and like cool, make sure we action that or what system needs to be put in place or um, getting feedback, giving feedback, uh, all that sort of stuff. So I wouldn't say I'd like I, that's also part of my social stimulation, I guess, like using my brain. What about you? Like, do you find that the the need to or the the, the requirement to be on in your role? limits your ability to switch off and have this have like these chats or even chats with your mates from whenever they travel in or, or the footy boys or whatever mm. probably doesn't limit me um because i feel like i'm i'm pouring out of two different cups yeah i think i developed the ability to put on a hat when i'm coaching or yeah. as as a business owner or as a personal trainer or whatever, put on a different hat to when I'm with my mates. And that's just like as raw as it gets. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's important to do because if you, if I, I'm not speaking for everyone, but if I don't do that, I'm pouring from the same cup and it gets empty pretty quick. Yeah. Where I, uh, I end up being quite flat and I want to, I want to have some separation between those two things. Mm. Even though I am who I am and I, I let a lot of my personality slip into my coaching style and how I communicate with people in the gym as a coach with clients or with members or whatever, I, uh, that's basically me, but I've still put like a little hat on in order to, I guess, like protect myself in a way. Yeah. We talked about in, in our very first episode um, about 
very briefly what I went through when I first started PTing with mum and dad mm. breaking up and um, a pretty rough breakup of my own. And, and that really fast tracked me to learning how to put this hat on or like put this mask on and, and, you know, let stuff just like be separate from work. And I think that facilitated me in that I could go through whatever in my day-to-day life and go to work and do my job and do it well and come home and then separate myself from work and, and look after my daily life stuff. Mm. And uh, even though I was like devastated at home, I could still like none of my clients would have had any idea, you know, if I didn't talk to them about it because I would just yeah. put this mask on and then go to work and do the thing and then take the mask off at the end of the day and go home and like sort out the life stuff. It was, uh, it taught me a good skill in that sense. Um, I'll probably pay for that in some kind of psychological breakdown at some point where it all catches up to me. But um, if I'm, know, yeah, if I'm really real, then that's, yeah, kind of, yeah, what happened like nine years ago? Yeah, I think the acknowledgement though of, of not owning it, but just like you're aware of it. I don't think there's going to be a massive, well, we'll check in in a few years time and see if there is a psychological breakdown, but um, I don't <laughs> think so. I think like, you're pretty that. self-aware and um, having the, the the ability to have that conversation really openly, you know, between two blokes that's going out to whoever listens is um, as self-aware as you can probably get um, and just acknowledge that, yeah, cool, this has impacted my life in various ways, be it positive, negative, you can see both outcomes, um, but it's also got you to where you were. So you couldn't be here without that happening. Um, and from what you have mentioned, the last 24 months have been some of the best of your life. So that wouldn't have happened without a lot of the stuff in those formative years going on. So that's true. Yeah. It's, um, it's not all doom and gloom. There's definitely no. positives out of that. Even if it is, it's terrible at the time, but you need to find the silver lining. Like what are the benefits from that? And, yeah. and it will take a long time to see the benefits from that probably, but, and you're not going to see it at the time. No. Um, I think if you do, you're probably not processing, you know, what's actually going on at the time. I think you should like live those feelings and emotions and stuff. And then later on, look back on it kind of as like a, like disassociate yourself from it a little bit and be like, okay, if this was someone else, what would I tell them that they should get out of this? Mm. And, uh, and I think that's what I did after a few years or, or probably, you know, quite a few years, I would say like maybe six or seven years. It's only really the last few years where I was really looking back on it as trying to put myself as an outsider looking back into this situation where I'm like, okay, this taught you the ability to um, separate yourself from your emotions when you have to. And sometimes you do have to do that. There's definitely times where you have to sit with it and be with it and, and process it. But there's sometimes I feel like you have to disassociate yourself from that a little bit and allow yourself to keep moving forward and not mm. feel this like terrible, terrible grief forever um at some point you have to move on from it otherwise you would just be an anxious depressed mess forever and uh, and i definitely allow myself the time to be that but um being at the other side of it now i can look back on it as a as a thing that happened nine or ten years ago and and grow from it which i think is that's how you'll uh, you'll swim i 100%. think if it's a sink and swim yeah i think that's probably more uh, as, as we mentioned, your, I think you came over the other week and it's like you, you, you reflect on almost every interaction that you have. Uh, so that doesn't surprise me that you've done that at such a young age because there'd be so many people that have gone through that and just like still not, not bottling it up, but just like, oh, 
there's nothing to deal with there. It's all good, shit happens, it happens to everyone, but no, it's gonna impact you as an individual. Um, and so being able to unpack that yourself and having that, it's like, cool, what would I say to someone that was in this situation? Which is so much of what we need to do on the floor with coaching when you have clients, whatever it is. It's like, cool, you can have that really objective. Well, it's like, it's pretty black and white. Like this happened, you need to blah, 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 blah. And here's the outcome, yeah? Like it's pretty straightforward. So having that um, logical, taking the emotion out of it um, approach. Yeah, super mature, especially for from, from, from yourself and from such a young age, it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, taking the emotion out of it is just like the story of my life, I think, in some ways. In, in some ways, unless yeah. it's uh, unless I'm caught off guard by something and I don't have the time to be like, okay, what could I, what would I have said or what should I say to this situation if if I'm given the time to be able to think about it and then reflect and then make my decision, then mm. I'm I'm pretty emotionless generally. Yeah. But if it's like a snap thing, then I have to, you know, react basically straight away. I think I'm pretty emotion full yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh because uh, if it's anything to do with fitness or business or anything like fitness business especially if we put those two worlds together then mm. that's where my passion is and because i'm passionate about it, i feel like the emotion comes out mm. um in that or if like my work ethic is ever questioned then like I'll, I'll jump at that pretty quick and pretty uh pretty aggressively i think um which i need to work on because that's not a good trait to have but um, I feel like that's a byproduct of being passionate and being like wanting the best out of myself and the people around me. Yeah. And there's nothing more frustrating. I feel than if someone has the potential to do something, but they're just lazy or they don't want to do it because it's too hard or they like choose the easy route every time. Mm. Um, and, uh, and that was just like confirmed by that article you sent me in the week where excellence is mundane. Yeah, And sometimes to be excellent, you just have to do mundane shit. You just have to do it over and over and over and, and do it well. And, and uh, rather than removing yourself from people that have natural talent in any field, there's no such thing really as that. Talent is, and this is what I got out of this article and I'm kind of paraphrasing now, but talent is your ability to develop a skill in small uh, small parts of a bigger movement, whether it be like, um, what is it? hundred, 200 meter freestyle or yeah. something, let's say yeah. hypothetically, it's the ability to like keep your head up rather than down. It's the ability to put your hand through the water more effectively or, you know, bigger stroke or more consistent kicks or your turns or your yeah. reaction time at the very start. Or there's so many things that make up this one Brilliant. big performance. Yeah. And I feel like that's the same. You can apply that to everything. And the article you sent me, and we'll link it in the uh, in the notes. Oh, I already put it in uh, episode one, but I'll link it again for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Have a read. Have a read. It's it's good stuff. And if you're into that kind of thing, then it's it's actually a quite an easy read. The they use the swimming as the example, but really you can apply it to everything. You can apply it to communication or sales or personal relations or fitness running or lifting weights or whatever yeah. it could be anything and you have to put the work in and there's nothing that you can yeah, do about that there's it's hilarious because i was literally cleaning out the drawers because that's what you do when you're quarantining at home uh, and i found that article like stapled in paper in the in one of the drawers so i just laughed i think it, it like you just said it applies to all facets um, and as soon as you can realize that or as soon as you start realizing you're chasing a feeling that's not boring 
just bring it all back to that. And then you go, cool, now it's supposed to be this. This is the grind. This is the the mundanity of it all. Yeah, there's going to be patches of highlights for sure. And yeah. and maybe you're, maybe you're chasing that highlight, but understand that there's a lot of work that goes into that sponsorship mm. deal or the opportunity to start a new service within your business or learn a new thing. There's a lot of time that goes into that. And that's important to recognize as well, because it isn't just always going to be highlights regardless of what people's Instagrams say. <laughs> There's a lot of shit that goes on between, you know, the, the highlights. And that's, that's so important to know. Yeah, man. I'm thinking, I actually had this thought the other day. I'm really wanting to get onto um, YouTube and just document something. I just want to, I enjoy filming and I enjoy editing things. Uh, like videos and that sort of stuff. So one of them is like um, wanting to get into half marathons. So I'm considering like cool, do a weekly like video recording of like cool, this is my training this week and just just to document the monotony and to, to document uh, the little milestones to be able to acknowledge like cool, this was a checkpoint for the next thing and that sort of stuff. Otherwise, yeah, you are, it can feel like a never ending chase of a goal that may not come. So you'd like to be able to document and just really live through the process you know, creates little bits of those excitements. No, no, not chasing a sponsorship deal or anything. Definitely not with the pace I'm running, but uh, <laughs> being able to chase, like just have something that's not just like something accountable, I guess it will help stay accountable to cool train this week. Make sure you run your four days, make sure you train your strength, your three days, um, do your mobility work, all that sort of stuff, document all that and then build from there. Cool. No better time to start than now. Why don't we, um, cause I want to do something similar, but f- for my pursuit to athleticism, I guess, across like a bunch of different lifts, whether it be like some kind of Olympic lifting lifts or um, running goals or like plyometric stuff or whatever. I would, and, and kind of, not that my life is very exciting, but the day in the life stuff, I love watching that regardless of who the person is. Yeah. I've watched some really exciting people that are like, multi-millionaires that they show their grind set and they uh you know and then they hop in their lamborghini and they drive to their like very own <laughs> yeah. factory that makes like you know how it like makes whatever whether it's like a gym or whether it's literally a factory and and they're making this sick product um my life is nothing like that like i drive a mm. 2013 golf <laughs> and, actually uh, same year actually same and, uh, year, just outside. yeah golf gang golf gang and uh not that my life is very exciting like I mean, Steve Cook or Christian Guzman or like any of those guys, they're my mm. favorites. But um, yeah, I just love watching the day in and day out stuff and understanding there's so much more that goes into it rather than just like, like Christian could post a photo of his Lamborghini or whatever car he drives right now, probably a Lambo or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's a sick highlight. But what has, he, what has he done to build to that point? Yeah. Yeah, big and, time. Uh, and if you're looking at like a marketing from a marketing standpoint as a consumer people love the story not the you know they love the de- the journey not the destination yeah so maybe that's what we do maybe we just work on holding each other accountable to that sure, yeah i'm down to do that. It? yeah man. yeah let's do it cool. easy done so we'll, uh, you'll have one up by sunday evening when am i because <laughs> it's only monday right Wait, i can't can't run i can't run for a half marathon <laughs> oh yeah be, you're locked you're these locked will down. commence post um i did get get on day release actually on friday managed to get down to the hospital to get my little covid test uh they allowed me out got some sunshine um but yeah no these will commence maybe new year's 
in the new year from, I think the first is a Saturday. So maybe from the third, keep your eyes peeled. Done. Weekly vlogs, TLDR, getting it done on all, on all streams, on all avenues. It's good. Um, yeah, I think it's, um, I'm not sure what you feel about this, but I like biting off more than I can chew and then chewing <laughs> like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but that's where, I, that's where I find motivation because I definitely work better under pressure. Mm. And I remember at uni when I, was, um, when I was in my second year or something and uh, leaving, a, leaving some report on health foundations or whatever, like whatever topic it was, I hated it. But I remember um, I was like, All right, I'm a changed man now. I'm going to make sure I do this, you know, way ahead of time. Yep. And, uh, and it came back and I got like a P2 or something, like just passed. And then uh, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm sick of uh, putting so much time into this thing. And by this point, I was already like kind of halfway out of it. And I just was, was just scraping through, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I left a, uh, another essay in the same topic to the night before and got like a, D, a distinction or something like that. Like, a high, yeah, like yeah, yeah. not quite a high distinction, but um, a high graded distinction. I was like, say less. That's how I'm going to work from now on is <laughs> just put myself under pressure. It was right, bro. I think that's, yeah, um, I think if you've got a due date for stuff, you'll find a way to make it work for the due date, yeah. um, whether you're organized or disorganized in, in um, most cases, I guess. Uh, you go, cool, I've got a due date, I've got to get it done by then. Some people still miss a due date and lose that 5% for every day or whatever, every hour or whatever it was. I can't remember at uni, but never missed a due date. Little brag there, but um, <laughs> too organized. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's, uh, I think, yeah, people do thrive under pressure. I think having someone, like I definitely thrive under accountability, like having something to, someone to check in and go, yo, you said X. As an example, um, we uh, in Adelaide, we live just up the road from a auction house. We'd never been in, right? So Zoe had some time off just before we came over and we went for a walk to go to this homewares shop. Um, it was actually, we parked in the middle of two two homeware shops, we parked here and right near where we parked was the auction house. We are like, oh, let's stick our head in. That was the most silly thing we could have ever done, man. They had like wine auctions in there. Oh, no. And they literally- and You're like, some, I know, there's some quality. They had some like Penfolds 389s and some real like just A-grade vinos, one from my birth year and one was a 96, which I had before my brother-in-law's bought one and had that as well. And that is gold for just- amazing anyway uh, it was a magnum as well so it, it ended yesterday and i'm like just refreshing i'm like oh yeah go on i'll put a bit on just got outbid just got trounced on the the 1990 um which is fine and then the 96s had like five minutes left so i messaged the brother-in-law I'm like how high do we want to go so he goes <laughs> to me remember those goals you had for next year it's just one of those times i need to check in on you to say is the wine necessary <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I was that's like, good. I'm splitting it. Like I'm trying to rationalize it and justify it. She's like, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. And then concerningly, she got on board. She's like, just do another 20 bucks. It's fine. Like, you know, <laughs> we, we didn't get it. We we're out there. And I was just like, no, nah, good little willpower. But yeah, I'm one that thrives under uh, under accountability for sure. So yeah, a couple of YouTubes coming coming soon. If you want to see some uh, sub-athletes try and be athletes. Um, yeah, come give us a view. Also, as a little Christmas gift um, for those that are listening, maybe give the gift of the TLDR podcast to someone that you know, like, or 
uh, I think you'll benefit from it. Maybe chuck a little share. We'd appreciate uh, some listens where um, we've had a few sponsors reach out to us and we just want to avoid ads for now. Uh, <laughs> we've had a, a plethora of, you know, the inbox is filling up. Oh, I don't want to name names. Um, Nike. Uh, Tesla. <laughs> Tesla reached out now. But yeah, if you know someone that might benefit from this, definitely uh, chuck, a, chuck a share on it, send it into their uh, headphones and see if they can, um, even they can provide us some feedback or some insight as to what they want to listen to. Definitely. Yeah. Any feedback is always welcome, positive or, or constructive. Um, we had a lot of feedback from our first episode and, and mm. hopefully a lot coming from this one as well. And I've already had a few people um, messaging me about episode two, which came out three hours ago mm. or so. Um, so it's good. Yeah. Any feedback. And, I, and who do you think? I, I've got a fair idea as to who I think the average listener is. Um, or who about are, like uh, demographic or age or whatever. Yeah, like the alias. Who do you think on average is listening? Honestly, um, I think your family and my family. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I don't really know, mate. I think there'll be people out there just in our networks that are enjoying the, the flow. I've had a few people reach out that I haven't heard from in a little while saying, hey, it's um, nice to hear your voice again. <laughs> uh, and yeah. uh, I, don't, I, I honestly don't know. I don't, I don't think I really have a... For me, it's a case of whoever wants to listen to a couple of blokes just have a yarn about what's going on probably people around yeah. our age maybe blokes more so than um ladies but i don't know i think there's some similarities in terms of um what people go through at this age and it's not gender specific at all it's, it's people specific and people that might be a little bit older or younger than us going through the same thing um because they are at different stages of their life or people that just want to listen and just support local and stuff like that i think that's yeah that's part of it as well so if you're from any of our communities, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, yep. Yeah, we've definitely got little mini milestones. And when we reach some of those, we might be getting some potential cool neon lights or something to go in the background of some of these. Um, I don't know where mine's going to go. <laughs> I don't know. I've got some pointing space. around for those that aren't watching, which probably no one oh, yeah. is <laughs> on YouTube. But, to the wall uh, right um, yeah, no, yeah, so think- that, that'll be good. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, I like looking forward to setting my well, setting milestones and then looking forward to achieving them and then looking at the next thing. Um, and that's you know, that's a testament to hard work as well, you know, within mm. fitness, looking for that next thing, like the next 5k time or the next 1k split time or the next two and a half kilo increase in a, in a certain lift or whatever, setting things for yourself. And, and that comes with deadlines as well. And if you are someone that works better under pressure, then set yourself some deadlines. Even if they're like a pseudo date, it doesn't really even matter. Just set yourself like, okay, by the, t- by the end of January, this, I'm going yeah. to have done everything I can to achieve this, mm. whatever it is. And I definitely have to do that. And that's what my goal is for 2022 is to set myself some deadlines because I know I'll, I'll achieve it, but I could achieve it in a quarter of the time or half the yeah. time if I had set myself that deadline initially. Yeah. Rather than just, all right, I know I'm going to do this because I'm disciplined enough to just put my head down and do it. But if I had given myself the, uh, you know, that pressure of, okay, by the end of January, I have to make sure this thing is done, mm. then I'll definitely do it. Like that's, that's just how I am. It's funny you mentioned milestones as well, as opposed to, and then, and then the next thing. I was literally watching uh, something this morning and Jimmy Pomponio, if you're listening, thank you. Um, but he sets milestones, not goals. Um, so a goal is a finite, the goal sounds finite, but if you just change it to a milestone, a milestone is like a checkpoint. Cool, I've made that, now what? I've made that, now what? So um, 
yeah, it's not it's not an end goal. It's the next milestone that you're trying to reach, uh, which I think is really important. I think you're right about the the timeline for things. I do that within a day sometimes. It's like cool by nine o'clock. This needs to get done. Um, so good. Just yeah, super, that's yeah, what I'm going to do. Handy. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Even from this week and and next week between Christmas and New Year's, especially because it just seems like that time is just like an abyss. <laughs> you can never between remember Christmas what day it is or what oh, the date man. is or. Yeah, it's like it's a weird time, but if you set yourself those things, like okay, by by nine a.m. or by eight a.m., I'm gonna have been up, had a shower, had a coffee, read a little bit, done some yoga. You'll do it if you're disciplined enough and time. set that stone in motion. Then, you know, who knows what 2022 could hold? And uh, it's really that powerful. Like having a routine like that is that powerful. Mm. Some people can scrape through without it, but not me. I uh, yeah, I really need those things. Random. Um... Not even segue. Do you do you dream at all? Um. Yeah. Yep. They. Uh, man, I I went through a period of really deep dreams, and this is when I was taking um like mushroom supplements, like mm-hmm. reishi and shiitake and um cordyceps, and I went yeah. through this period of like crazy vivid emotional dreams where I'd wake up like bawling my eyes out or like laughing hysterically or. Dude, that's gnarly. Yeah, it was crazy because there's there's something in it where it allows it's like neural uh, neural regeneration or neural generation mm-hmm. um, from taking these mushroom supplements, especially the cordyceps and there's one other. The name escapes me. I'll get the box down in a sec. But yeah, and uh, yeah, I went through a period there of like crazy, vivid, emotional, both happy and sad dreams. Yeah, crazy. And the second uh, that's one time, and the other time is when I started listening to um a certain frequency, the 432 hertz frequency. Why are you uh, going to sleep? Yeah. And I was wearing these headphones actually going to sleep. And I remember waking up from a crazy sad dream where I was like, I was so emotional. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but it was very, yeah. very sad and very realistic. Um, I don't know. That could be a coincidence that I had that dream that night, but it felt like so when I was introduced to the 432 hertz stuff, it was from a dude that I used to work with and he could tell that I was like, there was a lot of angst or I was like, um, I don't know. I was just like feeling uneasy in some way. Yeah. He was like, dude, like, listen to this. You just got to like mellow out, man. And, uh, and, and, I, and I was listening to this thing and I could literally feel myself like melt away. Like all those nervous, anxious emotions would just like melt away. It was crazy. What the heck? And, um, and this dude was like, he was an exercise science guy. Like he'd done his yeah. PhD and he was into sport and he was, uh, he was like one of the best baseballs um, in the state. And if not in the country, he's actually in America now coaching and shout out tank. If you're listening um, kind of an ironic name, cause he was a, like a little, little string bean, but he was a, <laughs> he was a great baseball player. And uh, anyway, and not the type of dude that I thought would have, been into this kind of like voodoo stuff mm. and uh but man it worked and then when i was listening to it when i was going to sleep that night it just felt like all these pathways had opened up in my brain and just like allowed me to i don't know just like feel stuff it was pretty crazy how long ago was this this is years ago this is uh when i was still working at the institute of fitness so it must have been probably like six years ago what, what made you stop i've never heard of this frequency this is yeah i don't know I lost the uh it's kind of like taking your, taking your vitamins. When you feel good, you don't feel like you don't have to take them. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, until you don't feel good, then you feel like you should take them again. Yeah. But I haven't listened to it for a little while. 
um, they call it the healing frequency and it could be complete yeah. bullshit, <laughs> but there was some, uh, there was something. And even if it was, uh, what's, what's that called? Where it's just in your head. Placebo. Placebo. Yeah. Could have been. Um, yeah, but it was I literally crazy, just Googled man. it and it's, uh, yeah, it's legit or well, not legit, but like 432 Hertz healing music yep. derived from Cosmos. There you go. Yeah, just so, on YouTube, you can find, yeah. yeah, you just type in 432 Hertz or HZ and uh, a bunch of those like hour long, three hour long playlists will come up and yeah, give it a listen. I, I really felt the benefit, felt the difference from it. It's pretty this crazy. This is nuts, man. I'm definitely going to have a, have a crack at this. You would love right. it, I think, even if it's just while you're working. <laughs> Start tripping. <laughs> yeah. I reckon that'd be, yeah, I think I, I do enjoy white noise when I'm sleeping. Uh, mm. Like I, and I think... I have to go to sleep with moving air. Yes. Um, so I'd like, even if it's a warm breeze, I don't know if I've ever tried that, but like I, you know, I don't have to, but I definitely prefer it. So ceiling fan, some sort of fan, but then Zoe doesn't sleep with noise. Like she doesn't enjoy the sound of a fan. So we had to right. figure, figure that out, which we have, which is good. Um, but yeah, I think um, I'm definitely going to have a crack at this. I'm definitely a, a big, big dreamer. I'll have, multiple dreams a night sometimes um vivid completely remember them it's almost as if a game or a movie um or and, and not every night but I'd, I'd say across a week i would have five different dreams um which i love because i'm a uh constantly need not needing stimulation but just enjoy a an entertaining journey i enjoy a process of something so to, to go through those and wake up like, whoa, that was gnarly. Mm. Uh, it's pretty cool. And I did actually have one last night, hence the question. Um, and I don't remember all the details, but I remember waking up and thinking, imagine if people just researched, wrote research papers for fun, right? And I'm sure there's people out there that do. So like, this is going to sound really weird for a lot of my mates who just enjoy learning and people that do just enjoy learning. But like, instead of just going and trying to read a book to learn, or to watch a YouTube or whatever it is, or go to a lecture or, or however you listen to a podcast, make notes and then write a paper on it. Mm. Like, and the reason, I don't know why this came into, I don't know why I dreamt about this. This is so weird. And I'm not one to look up meanings for my dreams. So, I mean, if you want to share what the meaning of this dream is, please let me know, but I'm pretty sure it's quite obvious. Um, I enjoy learning and communi um, communism is, is, is a strong theme in the dream. Um, it seems to be the theme of the last couple of weeks, but um, I can't remember where I like. I, I remember I can picture where I was, but I don't know where that is in relation to my life. It might have been like growing up. I used to go, I grew up in uh, Bunbury, which is south of Perth. I'm going for a walk with these two older blokes, don't recognize them, but then I had to write, I got told to write a paper on anything of my choosing, but I had to submit it for something. I can't remember what I sub submitted it for, and I was just racking my brain, like, oh, like. I think for some reason, J. Cole came into my head. Like I could write it on like a rapper I like. I could write it on sport. I could, you know, I've got all this exercise science knowledge, a little bit of business knowledge. I could write it on all this sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, communism. Like it's everywhere. <laughs> so literally I was going to write a paper on communism. Do you know um, a lot about that? I feel, I feel like I'm living it. Um, no, I don't really <laughs> know a lot about it. I think like, you know, the Third Reich and... Um, North Korea and, and Russia and China and uh, a lot of those uh, entities for, you know, I'll keep it PC for a lot of those places are 
interesting. I find it an interesting concept. There's capitalism, there's communism, there's all the different isms. Um, somehow they've made that work. I'm not going to say it's right, what they're doing, or definitely not in some cases, but um, yeah. And then coming back to WA, not saying he's a communist. You can say some similarities but, um, between North Korea. I don't know that people know this who aren't from WA, but um, when he got elect- re-elected, I'm pretty sure, and I forgot my timings wrong, let me know, someone. Uh, when he got re-elected, he did, chose not to have a treasurer and he's going to be the treasurer. So he's the premier and the treasurer. So he leads the state and he governs the finances of the state. He then just got rid of his head of health or whatever they call him health minister, Roger Cook, um, because he wasn't doing a good enough job when it comes to hospitals. But like, we've just had this massive, like two years of COVID and blah, blah, blah. And he's brought in this other, I'm just like, mm. oh, there's just, I reckon there's a paper in there somewhere that I've just yeah, woken right. up and gone. Uh, Cause I had some conversations around it yesterday, which you can't, uh, you know, when you're in quarantine, everyone's conversations around COVID and ISO and blah, blah. Sure. Um, yeah, so I think that was where my dream came from. Where so, did Jake Olf into this? I don't really know. That was one of my papers that I was going to write on because I know I used to know a lot about Jake Olf. Um, no, he's definitely not a communist. Um, but yeah, it's it was just one of those things that like sure. the, the easiest way to learn about something is to probably try and write a paper on it. And I feel like if people try to, no, no one does that. No one is just going to go, oh, casually, yeah, let me go and learn about this and write a full, you know, you, you don't even need to be, it's not going to get graded. Sometimes it's going to be submitted to a teacher. Yeah. So whatever you write is in terms of the format or the editing or the grammar is irrelevant because you're trying to get there to absorb it. Um, I don't really know where my story's going, but that was my dream last night. No, I think yeah. it'd, be, it'd be entertaining for people who like, it's I think, so I think it's curious to, for people to, I know my old man does it. I've done it a few times when I'm reading and I'll take notes as I'm reading or I'll write on the book as I'm reading to try and absorb it. But I feel like, um, you know, the reason that we have professionals in an industry um, is because they've learned the most. When was the last time that any professional went and actually wrote a paper on what they do or defined what they mm. did specifically um, before actually just sprouting it from the mouth and that sort of stuff? So I don't really know. Yeah, but- I really enjoyed reading that article that you sent me, um, the excellence is mundane one. And I'm not sure where you even find things like that, but I would love to read more. On like journal articles. Mm. Oh, PubMed. Um, yeah, there's, there's full, um, you, you probably couldn't get full access to papers cause you got to subscribe to the, the, um, publication, uh, sure. but you can definitely get like summaries of, um, yeah, statistical analysis and data and that sort of stuff where if you're looking for specific fields, so that's more a longitudinal study over a period of time that's happened over years. So they come out, they'd probably come out in a different publication, but I don't know if you of my mates have, who have done post-grad. Um, and if they're listening, um, who would probably like Scott, if you're listening, who's in Melbourne, shout out, tags. Um, he probably know some good um, journal articles or, or research papers to be able to funnel through. And, and actually, in, it depends on, again, what topics you're looking at, but he could you know, point us in the right direction. Yeah, sure. Because I took a lot out of that. And I feel like reading something in that kind of format where it's almost like, more legitimized because it is on that kind of platform Mm -hmm. rather than just reading some article off of like i don't know vogue or like any kind of newspaper article or i feel like there's 
there's like a high level of scrutiny in order to get yeah. something published on a platform like that. Yeah, they would. Um, so, they'd be. They they would have gone through some form of edit, not editing, um, proofreading. I guess like is is the uh, the science real behind it? I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that was a that was a good read. That was a really good read. Yeah, the excellence is mundane, and then the the qualitative versus quantitative changes. Mm. So, um, if you're if you're looking at training, let's say the difference between the different tiers and again swimming is the example but the different tiers from like uh, what is it like a quadruple a swimmer and like a yeah. c swimmer there's like however many levels between those two people it's like the difference between like like a div six c grader and a div one like a grade um you know medal winner or something it's like a yeah. massive difference between the two like the calibers between the two and the difference is not so much in how much they train, but the quality in which they train. Mm. So you could you could throw like a Div Six C grade football, um, like team, uh, training, and throw them into like a Div One A grade training program, and the outcome could be very very similar in, yeah. um, in their performance. So it's it's not so much the quantity or the quantitative change it's the quality or the quant or the qualitative change of training so they might run drills at a faster pace or have a, a high demand for skills or the order in which they do things is um, more congruent to like strength and conditioning protocol and they go through actual strength training and they do periodized running plans where they start with aerobic stuff and slowly get into more speed work mm. and agility and plyometrics and whatnot so it's it's not so much just like running 400s and getting fitter because that's just like a very div six, like really bad strength and conditioning program. It's actually structured, but they can train the same amount of volume across the week. It's just the quality of training is completely different. Yeah. I think it comes down to like, if you were to break it down, it's like, it's, there's the people that don't show up. Then there's the people that show up and then it's what you do when you show up. Right. It's, um, and that's hundred percent of what gets you those little edges. Like you say, like how quickly you turn, you know, of all your strokes in the water, what is the, 0.5 of a millisecond difference between you and the bloke next year. Um, yeah, I think that's really, really like obviously it's obviously important when you break it down to like to those sorts of numbers. But I think the difference between not showing up and showing up gets you gets you quite a bit of a what of the way. Yeah, but then it's actually like cool. What gets you from you know really good to excellent is the quality of what you do when you're there. Like it's it's not ten thousand. It's it's not 10,000 hours of showing up. It's 10,000 hours of practice, mm. which is like, you know, actual practice at your skill, at your craft that, be, that um, gets you to be a master of the craft. Right. And that could be, that could be relative to what the skill is that you're trying to develop or what your mm. starting point is. Because if you start with zero, obviously one is going to be better. Mm. But if you're already at five, six is not a massive increase in in uh, the volume that you, in terms of how many sessions you're doing per week, I should say, yeah, yeah. if you're doing five sessions a week, a sixth session could be like past that point of diminishing returns where you're actually not getting really anything extra out of that. Yeah, and actually, it could be inhibiting because now you're under recovering, so the next session is actually you're only running at seventy percent rather than ninety five percent, and so it could be an in, an inhibitory rather than a facilitator of performance. So it's yeah. finding that, and everyone's a little bit different. For me, it's basically six sessions a week one day of a two, a double session, which is Friday, and then one full rest day. 
and they're pretty much yeah. training every other day. And I feel like with that kind of volume, I can hit my max intensities where I'm, you know, going over 192 beats per minute in the conditioning days and, and lifting like very maximally on the strength days relative to the rep range. And I can recover and bounce back from that. But as soon yeah. as there's any kind of increase in volume, that's where I start to see my decrease in performance. So for example, I've been training with that, like maybe six sessions a week for the last three months and then footy training started. So now I have eight sessions a week. My total mm -hmm. training volume across the week has increased by three hours. And this is why I feel like I'm getting pretty thrashed. Yeah. yeah. With testing, overreaching every session, footy training is now included. And now I'm like probably totaling maybe like 10 to 12 hours of training a week, something mm -hmm. like that at like pretty maximal intensities. Because I, I, I can't half-ass anything. <laughs> so yeah. if that's training, then I'm there to win, especially with testing stuff. Cause it's like, I get, I get pretty bad, like performance anxiety and, and that might warrant me to push as hard as possible. Yeah. And then like, given the circumstances, there's some like pretty fit people that are pushing me to like, to really dig deep. Like Tim, if you're listening, he, uh, he gave me a run for my money on Thursday's conditioning workout. I think it was. And, uh, and if it wasn't for him, I probably would have like maybe dropped back a little bit because I mm. went into the session, not thinking that I'm going to give it a hundred percent. I thought I'm just going to coast through this as much as yeah. possible. And then he was like on my ass on these, on these runs. So I had to make sure I was pushing because there's no way I'm letting him beat me. He's a which is good and bad. as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, having that winning mentality. And that was another important like takeaway for me from that paper was he gave an example of a guy that would, he would go out every single training session and win every single lap. Everything that he would do, he was adamant that he was going to win. So when he got to the world stage, and I think it was in the Olympics, whatever year it was, um, in the 90s, I think, or maybe the 80s, he, he was already used to that. He was already yeah. used to putting himself in that position of winning every single lap, every turn, every 50-meter split. Um, you know, he would swim the furthest every single session or at least the fastest every single session. And, and he, he would make sure that he was winning and that kind of winning mentality creates that winning momentum. I think you don't just go in there and say, Oh, you know, I don't, I'll just settle for whatever today. It doesn't mm. really matter so much. It was like, no, this dude just went into every single session with that winning mentality. And, uh, and you can't often ex explain that to people because they might label you as like, arrogant or a big ego and you you could never lose because you've got this massive ego and and i don't think that's i don't think they're synonymous i feel like having that winning mentality is you demand more from yourself rather than you can't lose because if someone beats me in this workout and i got beaten on friday and and the dude was just faster than me um it was good it's motivating actually because yeah. i'm like okay i can see what someone of a similar capability can actually push themselves to do yeah and uh what, what's your stance on that? Do you feel like you come into every workout like, all right, I'm going to win this thing or no. is it very subjective just for you and you're just like trying to beat your last effort? I'd just normally train me against me, to be honest. Um, it's definitely a little bit like, there's a little bit of, it depends on my mental um, approach, but I would say 80% of the time it's me against me. Um, there'll be times when I'm like glint in the eye and might just look at the person next to me and like, all right, that's going to, that's going to keep me accountable. To, to making sure that I'm better, not better than them, but just better. Um, so that I can like, cool, I can see a pace that I should be working at. Um, 
again, not an ego thing, but just like an accountability thing to make sure that I'm actually training to my potential, but it's not a case of, but I'm very aware of how my body is on a day. So if I'm not, like if I'm beat up, no, I wouldn't push myself just purely from like, I mean, I know what that effect will cause me in two, three, four days. And I want to make sure that I can go again in two, three, four days. So just because I won the day doesn't mean I'll win the week. Mm, true. Um, so I, I kind of take a bit more of that approach um, purely because I, 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 again, back to momentum or back to this, the continuation of wanting to build upon whatever it was and, and making sure your body's optimal and all those sorts of things. It's a case of I'd rather move today um, or get it, get out today, move and get something under the belt, then flog myself and feel it and not be able to move tomorrow. So mm, true. Um, that obviously I've learned that lesson the hard way yeah. and I'm sure I'll still learn it in, in days, weeks to come. Um, and I think that's the benefit of being uh, in, you know, working in this industry and having the knowledge that we have. It's a case of when I make this plan for my half or whatever it is I'm going to do next year, or the training, whatever it is, it's a case of that might be what's on the board, but you know, what's my readiness? What's my, what's my, how do, how am I feeling on the day? And how can it be adjusted accordingly? If I'm feeling amazing, cool, we'll maybe push it. Um, if I'm feeling suboptimal, cool. What what is the there's a phrase for it, but basically, what is the bare minimum I can do to receive that stimuli? Um, minimum viable dose. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, what can I do to do that? Cool, let me go do that. And make sure that I can do it and still train either later that day or, or the next day or whatever it is. Yeah. I feel like I can surprise myself though. Like days that I would come into that workout on Thursday, for example, and not think that I was capable of really digging. Mm. And I was definitely suboptimal. I had a big day the day prior, lots of early wake up, lots of training. Um, and I came out and I dug really deep and I'm like, oh man, I feel like I'm going to pay for this. But then woke up feeling pretty good actually. Yeah, I see. Um, because I feel like i was like oh shit i've probably overreached here to the point of i'm probably gonna have the sniffles or mm. um or a bit of a sore throat or muscle pain and aches and really bad doms or whatever but then i was like okay now i really have to prioritize my recovery stuff so it was like smashing water make sure you take all your vitamins early to bed and food. prioritize that because i knew i had overreached mm. to the point of like if i hadn't prioritized my recovery i likely would be sick right now yeah. But because I was like, oh shit, I've probably like pushed my body a little far here. I'm going to have to really recover. Mm. Um, yeah. And I bounce back like pretty sweet generally. Yeah. So perfect. I feel like it's, it's not every single time I'm like, oh, I'm suboptimal. That means I have to take it really easy. Like sometimes yeah. you can surprise yourself, I think. No, absolutely. I think that's, that's uh, completely fair. Don't always take the mental suboptimal as an actual physical suboptimal for sure. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you're not feeling it mentally. But we talked on mental preparation leading into a workout or into an event um, the other week. And I feel like you can get yourself in the zone, like literally watching some motivational videos or thinking <laughs> David about... David Goggins. Exactly. Yeah, Goggins yeah. or Jocko or yeah, whoever. And you can really get yourself on the mentality to perform at a pretty high standard. And it's crazy the difference that you can feel if you're like, oh, I'm not really feeling it today. And yeah, you just kind of go in and go through the motions versus like, you know what? Fuck that. Like I've got these, I've got these milestones. I've got this deadline. And mm. sometimes I just have to show up and put in and then prioritize recovery after that. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's an important takeaway as well, but I'm, I'm not 
I'm, uh, I'm definitely not saying you should just go in and overtrain every single session, but I feel like there's periods where you definitely should really challenge yourself and see what you're actually capable of, see what you can get your heart rate up to or what kind of weight you can lift or how fast you can run that last 500 meters in that 2k run or what split time you can get down to or whatever. And mm. I feel like a lot of people would surprise themselves with what they're actually capable of because yeah. they're just so used to running at like 60 or 70%. And they never get themselves to the point of like, of physical exhaustion, which is yeah, where you're going to find out a lot about yourself. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people train at 80%, not knowingly, not, not consciously, just not knowingly. I've definitely been guilty of that. Uh, and you manage to hit some PBs and you're like, oh shit, I'm actually can run that fast. Or maybe I've been cheating myself the past X amount of months, weeks, whatever. Um, and not only that it like allows you to be more uh, aware of how good the good actually is oh yeah like if you're all looking at if you're watching the olympics or something and they've just like they've canned the weightlifting which is crazy but we won't get into that too much um but having done some olympic weightlifting stuff before nothing crazy but now you see like lasha taladekov i think his name is 225 kilo snatch that's nuts. Which is the new world. He broke his old world record by a few kilos, yeah. which is insane. I can't even pick that off the ground. He throws it over his head. Mm. It's so insane. And it only just looked like he was only straining a little bit. His clean and jerk is like an absurd amount as well. It's like, unless you have actually tried that, you can never really understand just how insane Amazing. that is. Mm. Same with the marathon running times. Like the sub two hour by Kipchoge is like, even if it wasn't- I can't run that for meters, like that. I don't think. Like I genuinely don't think I can run that for like, yeah- it's it's 21 kilometers an hour for two hours it's in, like if you jump on a treadmill and set it to 21 k's an hour you'd be lucky to last a minute no yeah. or a couple of minutes maybe yeah. this dude does it for two hours man That's 120 gnarly. minutes of 21 k's an hour on average so at some points it's faster and some points it's slower but it's pretty insane like unless you've got that experiential understanding it's mm. impossible really for you to understand that so anyway i think the point is that you should really challenge yourself sometimes it might be once every couple of months it doesn't have to be super super frequent definitely not like once a week because then your performance is going to be inhibited i think for the rest of the week but once every few months set yourself some time it's like all right saturday morning i'm going to really dig deep into this thing i'm going to take sunday and monday off to recover and whatever it is like run as far as you can in an hour or or you know whatever it is some kind of test yeah. like run a 5k and really really overreach or yeah um whatever the example is that's important that's yeah, perfect little way to wrap for the uh pre christmas break uh this should be out on thursday folks um make sure you all stay safe and if you don't celebrate christmas uh, uh enjoy some time off with family and friends um i do want to give a quick shout out to tom butterworth first review up appreciate it mate um, oh, it's one of my read. footy athletes. Yeah. He's a nice guy. He's uh, already shouting out that just by listening to us, he's uh, squatting two times his body weight and made 50K a month. So um, <laughs> I think it's valid. I believe it. I believe it as well. Uh, give the gift of the TLDR this year, guys. Uh, this will be out Thursday just before, before the Christmas break and we'll uh, get the next one up on Monday next week. Stay safe and uh, speak soon. See you, team. Stay